Hello and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. We're having our usual walk in the hills today and it really is a glorious day. One of the best days we've had. Absolute sparkling blue sky. The clouds, I can't even describe them. They're the most interesting shapes I've ever seen. This is our next episode in the Interesting Time series and certainly times are jolly interesting right now. Got the champagne out the other day as uh, the the rumours were coming thick and fast that Johnson was finally going to resign. I can't tell you how much I want to never hear his voice again shouting about how great he is (laughs) no matter what's going on or how bad things are or how much he's fucked up he's there shouting about how great he is and the vaccine rollout and champion of Ukraine and all this I'm just marvellous I just was so looking forward to not hearing that ever again but we couldn't really pop the champagne cork with quite the gusto that I would have liked because he didn't actually resign. He's like Schrodinger's Johnson. He's there and not there. He's resigned and not resigned. It's like he didn't say the words. He promised to resign when we get a new Prime Minister, when when the, the Conservative Party has elected a new one, but he hasn't actually gone. It's, it's like there's, it's horrible, there's this eh? horrible stench, this shadow of darkness still <laughs> clinging to the ledge. So, yeah, but uh, hopefully he doesn't have enough time to do any damage, fingers crossed, in the uh, position he's still clinging on to just at the moment. But it certainly looks like things are having a major change but not just because of Johnson going or a new uh, force of darkness becoming the next Prime Minister (laughs) because the next one's going to be just as bad or worse so no no celebration for a a new leader Mm. there really but what we've been observing and we've been observing for quite a long time is how the media are starting to turn on the Tories and we, we noticed this and we put it in a podcast like probably at least six months ago you could see there were these little signs that we the public were being nudged to perceive things in a bit of a different way and that now and again you'd look at it and think hmm it's odd that they did that and now we're noticing that's very can be very obvious I mean they have turned on Johnson but also interestingly they're they're not quite casting the Tories in the light of glory that they were mm. either. So, we're not going to bother talking about who we think well, might be the next Tory leader. Yeah. Everyone's doing that, and to be honest, I'm bored of it already. It's just yeah. going to be some interchangeable idiot, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, skipping over that, <laughs> what do you think is coming next for us politically here in the UK? Well, uh, more chaos. Um, more chaos. We descend further and further in, into the apocalypse. It's going to take draconian measures to get out, to get out of it. And 
Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big mess here in the UK. So it's, it's a big, it's a big, well, it's a big of, mess. A lot to tidy things up. It's a big mess everywhere. It won't yeah. just be tidied up. Um, no, it, it, it'll it'll carry on festering unless unless there's a radical. I mean, it's going to take a lot, even just to put a little bit of a sticking plaster over it. Really, yeah. isn't it? Well, I mean, remember, right at the core of all this stuff is is uh, you know environmental collapse. You know, Aye. climate change being only one aspect of it. You know, so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be calming yourself too, too much, you know, because idiot Johnson has has finally hit the brick wall that inevitably he would hit. Mm-hmm. It gets sucked from every job, doesn't it? It it's, does. You know. <laughs> oh, and I'm really, I'm really thought of yeah. it until now. He's actually yeah. now been sacked, hasn't he, from being prime yeah. minister for lying? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's brilliant. Foreign yeah. secretary lying, <laughs> editor of the something for lying. His first yeah, job at the Times for lying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant hat trick. Well done, Johnson. I dare say his various wives and girlfriends have sacked him for lying as well, because <laughs> the guy just cannot open his mouth without lying. Yeah. Which is a, oh. a point which we'll turn to. I mean, basically, I look at this this situation, and I'll be I'll, I will uh, indulge in some Schadenfreude when he finally goes, and uh, some Schadenfreude seeing the, the the next incumbent screw up as well, because there's no there's not there's <laughs> because there's no way they're not going to screw up mm. the situation. They don't, they're not equipped to deal with it. Their philosophy actually is, is inimical to it being dealt with at all. And anyway, it'll only be a sticking plaster until, un, until, or unless, the system itself is changed root and branch. Now I look at a situation like this, and I, and, and I put I, I pull out lessons, you might say, you know. And I, 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 I could have looked at this, and I thought there's four things. There's four things here, you know. At least there's there's probably loads of other things, but these are things that I'm seeing that jump out at me that I, I don't see. Many of our commentators, even our sort of alternative media, uh, are particularly dealing with in any sensible kind of way. I mean, they are. That uh, first, my first point, I'd say that this shows what we already knew, but very, very clearly, that the ruling class is not monolithic, and neither are the political parties which which uphold them and champion them. Of which they the, are, the Tories the give the impression of being all united and everything, no, they're but not. they're really not, are no, they? No, they're not. It's the only way Johnson has survived yeah. so far is by promising all the different factions yeah. completely opposite things. Yeah. The, the, the next the next point would be that um, it shows us some things about the media, the way the way the mainstream media are dealing with this, and the gutter press, and the Daily Mail, and the Sun, and so forth, and the BBC, and the Guardian, all these sort of people. The, the commentary at the way that they're, they're, they're dealing with it is very, very instructive, I think, at the moment. And the next thing uh, that, that jumped out at me, which you'll hear me going on about endlessly, is, is, is uh, what this tells us about post-truth. But the the idea that the notion of the truth is is either going to purchase on our our our, our, our political existence, uh, or as Chomsky called it, which I thought was quite a nice formulation, you know, the, the collapse of rational discourse, particularly within the world of, of politics. And so, so I, I see I see many um, Ill- illustrations of of the detail of this syndrome. In this current situation, vis-à-vis the uh, the UK, 
political leaders and uh, this crisis in the Tory party. And the last thing that I'd, I'd want to mention, there's five things actually, I think, you know, is uh, fragmentation, which I've been going on about since we started doing these podcasts about five or six years or something. And there is light thrown on the nature of that by this scenario as well. And I'll try and go through those, if I may. Um, In a logical and rational way. And with a little bit of jokes thrown in for good measure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So point one, the ruling class is not a monolith. Well, what's become abundantly clear... uh, in this situation, is that John Johnson must have had something, <laughs> you know? They elected him. There must be some... They, 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 and he's, he's, he's hung in there for a couple of years, I don't know how long it is, but quite a while. And there is a genius to, to the bloke, and it, and it is a direct consequence of his complete lack of any kind of principles or any, any real political com- commitment beyond um, the cause of Boris Johnson, which is what everybody says about him. I mean, we know at the time of Bre- Brexit, he was he commissioned to publish an article in one of the papers that he's worked on. And he wrote two, one for, one against, and they decided on the morning which one he'd, he'd hand in to the, edi- to the editor. You know, that is what he's like. He's, he's, he's unprincipled. He's, he doesn't have any political convictions beyond a general sort of uh, conservatism, lib- liberal, li- libertarian uh, kind of orientation that, that, that you can fit into the Tory party. But his guiding but, principle is just what's best for him, really, but, isn't it? it, it it, 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 is, it is, yeah, but he was able, he, he, you know, he was able to discern that what needed to be done for him to actually become Prime Minister and to manage, to manage it and to do something with it, to at least to attempt to do something with it. And he realised that, you know, that the, the Tory party is a coalition and uh, just as much as the Labour Party, it has its internal squabbles factions, pushes and pulls. It's a coalition. And then we'll all in theory say, oh, we're all for the free market, but J- Johnson is wanting to spend. He's wanting to do a, a, a kind of a, a Keynesian intervention into the, into the economy to buy some popularity and another 10 years of power by actually like, printing money and spending it. You know, and then... The, the free the free marketeers, you know, it comes straight out of uh, they're basically Thatcherites, Milton Friedman, followers of Milton Friedman, and, and and all of that. And for them, you shouldn't interfere with the money supply like that, you know. And they and they want they you know they want they want low tax, less fair, all the rest of it. And. Uh, these are sort of quite distinct economic positions requiring quite distinct policies. Because on the one hand, you, you know, uh, you've got a group that wants, wants, wants Keynesian policies of, of intervention, of printing money, of 
you know, uh, levelling up. That's what that is. The idea is that we bung, we bung money at, at people in, in poor constituencies. Then, 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 then they'll vote for us. You know, they try and stimulate uh, local economies. But the free market says, no, that's an interference with the market. You shouldn't do that. Johnson has fallen on that. Uh, and, you know, as did, as did um, and I suppose Sunak, you know, claimed that there were differences on, on uh, you know, how to manage the economy, you know. So, there's, there are other differences. There's also, like, culture war differences. You know, somebody like Johnson is, is a... He's a libertarian, and that means he's, 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 not, he's not socially conservative. How can you tell a bloke who, who, who's got, like, I don't know, 12 children by 16 different women, you know, I don't, you know however this works, you know, who likes to do what he likes, you know, um, on, on, the, on the one hand, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a libertarian. Well, he's, he's he's a libertine, you know. And that socially conservative people hate that. They hate libertinism. They're all about family and the church and state, you know, and go to church on Sunday and, you know. It, 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 I mean, Johnson, in some senses, is 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 a kind of a, he's kind of woke, you know, in in in, in, in a kind of in a particularly nasty articulation of it. But nevertheless, he is because because he's a libertine, you know. And there's a whole kind of swathe of, of, of Toryism that really, really hates that stuff. So there's there's, there's, there's this kind of four-way split. There's a, there's a culture war split, and there's there's also like a, a probably a more important and, and more far-reaching split along, along how the economy should be treated. Basically, between a resurrection of Keynesianism, in other words, some intervention in in the economy by the government at the level of money and investment on the one hand over and against the total free market of you know just just demolish any regulation this that and the other don't uh, dish any money out and the whole thing has been complicated by by by, by covid and the fact that this this um laissez-faire free market no small government um commitment of the Tories just went in straight into the dustbin because otherwise what would it doesn't work well it don't work in a, in a situation like that you it, at the very least they've got to bring in furlough and and all that stuff they've got to do that haven't they well they were going to Absol- be lynched otherwise i think Ab- well well lynched they'd have been people starving you know i mean it would have got very nasty very quick yeah so so there's that you know so well, we always know this, but but they they they're sort of they they're quite good at pre- pre- presenting a united front, the oligarchs. Remember, this is this is reflected in the sense in 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 um, in in the rest of the ruling class, the actual ruling class that's that's managing corporations and hedge funds and wealth management accounts and and this that and the other and banks and finance and you know stockbroking and all the rest of the shit. You know that they are as riven as 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 the as the political parties which attempt to represent them, or to pursue their interests at the level of government and state power. 
So, um, well, you know, if this, what, what do they do to us to control us and to stop us from fucking lynching them? Divide and rule. Mm-hmm. Culture wars is, is like one of the ways they do that. You know, you get the pitchfork people to, to fight with the, uh, the torch people and the torch people to fight with the pitchfork people and then we needn't worry fighting them ourselves, you know. <laughs> let's see if we can create. Let's see if we can create a, a, a posse of working class Tories who, who can fight and, and, and have arguments with with uh, working class socialists. Divide and rule. Divide and rule all the way. You know. Maybe we can go along like nationalist nationalist lines or immigrants. Who at the end of the day, are workers like other workers, but you know, we pit black against white. We find the scapegoat to blame. This is what they do, you know. You find some an internal other or an external other immigrants, send them to Rwanda, gypsies, make their life impossible, make them suffer just so they can be a scapegoat. They can be seen to be suffering. They can be seen to be made to suffer. And there's all these horrible, horrible shit tricks they get up to. Well, I think uh, they they are just riven and. uh, we should play them at their own game. Okay, they've got the media. But one wonders for how long, you know? How long before the, these alternative media get, get their shit together? Even though I'm, I'm less optimistic about that than I was, say, even six months ago, as I watched, as I watched the, our alternative media drifting into a kind of mainstreamism. I mean, byline times, I thought, were pathetic the other, the other day. It's very, very thin analysis, you know. No, 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 no analysis of what's driving this at the economic level. You know, just very, very, very superficial, superficial analysis. So I'm not holding my breath about that, but we do know that the oligarch-owned newspapers all lose money, and they're trying to move online. Very interesting, actually. You look at an online mail or sun or something like that, something, and the content can be completely different. And even the spin—it's like it's more aimed at young people. It's more, more upbeat, you know, more, more, more um, socially liberal, less socially conservative. And it's, it's obvious that they tailor their production with with with, with a market or a demographic in mind, you know. I suppose that brings me on onto the media, and we, we noticed ages ago that they, they, they were just very, very subtly kind of picking on Johnson and one or two of the Tories. This is the male, the son. But at the same time, as, as, as you know, Keir Starmer's getting a platform. He's allowed to write a column. Column. I forget. Did he write for the Sun or the Mail on Sunday or something? You know, that you, th- you think, oh, Starmer's been anointed and now they're, they're turning on Johnson. And we, at the time, said, nobody else was noticing this, but it, it just struck me, because it's quite a subtle thing, that particularly like, you know, Robinson on Radio 4, Arch Tory, nevertheless, not, not giving the Tories such an easy ride, and certainly not giving John- Johnson such an easy ride, you know. Um, and you think, well, what's going on here? Uh, we are being prepared for regime change. But then the other day, 
after Johnson had finally gone, he'd gone and done his speech in Downing Street, I think it was the Mail, put on the front page, what have we done? No, sorry, what have you done? Put on its front page, the big headline, huge headline, what have you done? Addressing itself, obviously, to the Tory party. Well, particularly the parliamentary Tory party who unseated Johnson just by uh, mass resignations. And there was over 60 junior ministers resigned. Uh, Sunak as Chancellor and uh, Savage uh, Javid, Savage Javid, I call him. Um, uh, at health, sort of resigning at the same time, being the kind of the big beasts that resigned that led the led the charge, and pretty well all the junior ministers resigned, sixty or something of them. These are all people who get an extra thirty k a year at least. So Johnson's kind of uh, swelled the ranks of these junior ministers, created a lot more posts, really basically as a way of. Bribing them. Giving them this extra bit of money and bribing yeah. them. But anyway, they're all going to lose that money because they, they went straight onto the back bench, you know. Um, they must have really wanted him gone then. Yeah, they must have really wanted him gone. Well, it's, it's partly the writings on the wall. I mean, how far you go. And, and I mean, Tory MPs are getting letters from the constituents. They're socially conservative constituents. They're saying, well, the man's immoral. And they make a big deal about morality. Hypocritically, in most things, <laughs> yeah. but they do make a big deal about it. You know, it's one. You know, it's that uh, type of tourism. So, I was thinking to myself, well, that 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 blows my thesis out the water. That they've turned on him, and it's a straightforward kind of. You know, this will intensify until it reaches the point that they, they'll get rid of him and that they'll anoint Starmer. You know. But then it occurred to me, well, uh, you know, what have you done? So, by pretending now to make this sudden switch and side with Johnson, who they've been sort of fairly critical of of late, they are in fact like damning the, the whole Conservative Party. Mm. And it's a preparation for regime change, you know. So why does, the, why does this happen? And bear in mind that no government in the United Kingdom has been elected without the backing of the, the Sun from the time the Sun became a Murdoch newspaper, including Tony Blair. No, no, no opposition has got into power without being backed by mainstream press, basically. And, and that, that has meant the Sun, or Murdoch, ultimately. So Murdoch's the, sele- the selectorate, the selectorate, Murdoch. Newspaper oligarchs, the selectorate, donors, Big donors to Labour and you know remember Labour had huge donations from Tre- Trevor Chin. You know, he's a don't know what he is, but he's a unpleasant un- 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 billionaire. You know. Um, so why 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 regime change at this at this juncture? You know, well, the t- the Tories have been in power for twelve years. Time for a switch. What does it do? And what does it do at a time like this, in which, in which people are getting increasingly desperate in this country and around, around the world, to the extent that civil unrest's on the cards, 
Now, the thing that's really focusing the tour is, is just how many strikes are suddenly starting to happen. How, you, how, how trade unions are suddenly uh, of interest to people again. Certainly in the US, unions are going through like massive expansion, unionisation in these non-union places like Amazon and Apple and uh, and so forth. And the, these guys are, uh, and Starbucks and all this unionising, winning the union recognition and giving the management of these corporations a run for their money. And the same the same's happening here. And of course, there's a very high-profile uh, rail strike, RMT strike, at the moment. And it, frankly, it's terrifying them. And uh, I mean, the situation is, is so bad vis-a-vis vis-a-vis people not being able to afford to pay their their electricity bills, their gas bills, to heat their homes in the winter. Uh, you know, food, 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 massive food price inflation, as well as certain shortages of this, that, and the other. You know, it's 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 the situation is dire, and and for a lot of people in this country. It's very dire. It's like starvation, poverty, dire. And there's massive child poverty, for instance, pensioner poverty and so on. So we're, 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 we're getting ready for some serious social unrest. You know, this is why, of course, they've put in place all these anti-demonstration and uh, uh, laws and, and laws that give the police all kinds of draconian powers, like to commit crimes if they're undercover and stuff stuff like this nasty nasty shit so they're kind of semi-prepared for it but of course strikes are even more dangerous I mean yeah 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 you have a big demonstration in London you get you get loads of police out and you just kettle everybody down some streets and that's it nothing changes strikes Strokes well, I wouldn't impact. say nothing changed. I mean, mm. they, you know, there have well, been t- incidents like yeah. the poll tax. But the poll tax. The, basically, the protests have to be absolutely yeah. overwhelmingly massive. Yeah. I mean, it would that would focus the mind. If you yeah. get, say, five million people on the streets of London, what yeah. are the police going to do then? They'd just be overwhelmed. And it would be great to overwhelm the police. You but know, like it that. is more of precision strikes, the, the, strikes. The, to, to, to do yeah. the, the strike action. Well, yeah, you know, a, gen- a series of general strikes will, will bring any government down. That's, oh, yeah. In fact, I don't know how we're going to change, change the system root and branch without, without um, essential workers being in on it. People strike, people strike for better wages, and when when you, when your wages are being cut through, because basically inflation cuts wages. You know, you try then your best to get to get back to your standard of living, don't you? And especially when you're hovering near the kind of sort of starvation level. So this is why we have regime change. You know, every every twelve years, every ten years. We get this swap, but to be frank, nothing substantial changes. The system itself does not change. You know, I can remember when Mrs. Thatcher got, got the sack. We were elated. Remember when she when she won the election, the depression at our workplace. You know, and then she left. We were elated. Then things got worse under Blair. They actually got worse. If that because we were in a sector of the economy, and they came for us. You know, cuts. You know. Neoliberal austerity. Bla- you Blair were, you were working at the Maltings then, which yeah. is a, a daycare centre for uh, disabled people, yeah. and you were doing art with them, and that was yeah. what they decided to stomp on, that kind of sector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But, um, I mean, the Tories wouldn't touch it. It was too much of a political appetite. But Blair thought he could, Blair's gang thought he could, you know. So, but either way, it was, it was, they were operating a con continuation of Mrs Thatcher's policies. OK, they brought in devolution, which I'm pretty grateful. Gordon Brown had a very, very good stab at reducing child poverty, which the Tories rolled back uh, pretty well straight away. He did very well on that. But, so I'm going to kind of totally damn them. But basically, the, the neoliberal uh, articulation of capitalism remained in place. But we were delighted. And it took the wind out of our sails vis-a-vis -vis any resistance to, to Thatcher. You know, because basically, this is, this is what it does. It takes the wind out, out, of, your, out of our sails. We have a general, a general election. is a fucking distraction <laughs> from the revolution, yeah, you know, yeah. to be honest with you. Because nothing, nothing seriously root and branch will change. Now, the, you know, the, the, the Labour might party would probably be technocratically a bit better at what they're doing than the Tories. Even because they, because they, they're not really competent, any of them. To be honest with you, there are very few competent administrators, tech, you know, on the technocratic level in amongst the Tories. I don't think Labour are much better, but they might be a bit better. And they'll throw us some crumbs, and they'll do some emergency things to 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 sort of like push us back from the brink, you know. And then then the wind is taken out of the sails. Of the momentum that's currently sort of building, mostly around like you know, um, the expansion of, the, the, the reinvigoration of trade unionism. And the re a realisation there, I think, has gone, has, has gone through like a shockwave through society that actually this could be immensely powerful because it got forgot. And this, of course, brings me to, to well, to, to post-truth, you know, because really, if, if, if any of these reflections uh, th that we've just uh, laid out, I mean, everything we've said here, I reckon that you can, you, you can go and look into it and you'll find that we're not making this up, you know. But you're not going to find it in the mainstream media because the mainstream media is completely past truth. Or, you know, you know is, is, is really a party to and a perpetrator of Chomsky's um, uh, you know, ca collapse of rational discourse. None of, no, no debates around any of this are conducted in a, in a remotely rational fashion. I mean, the chief irrationality at the core of this is the, the notion that nothing about the, uh, the system can, can be changed, that the call for root and branch change is just infantile, you know. That's not possible. But I say, without root and branch change globally to our, to our system, our economic and geopolitical system that the human race is over. And if that's infantile, well, carry on. <laughs> you know? So, post-truth. But then the figure of, uh, of, of Mick Lynch comes on the telly. And, and we, we've discussed the uh, the Mick Lynch effect yeah. uh, a lot, haven't we? Recently? Yeah, Mick Lynch is the leader of the RMT, the, 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 the rail union that's currently on strike. And Mick Lynch goes on the telly and the, 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 he, he makes the inter people who interview him look like complete idiots without trying. And he has this, he has this amazing secret. <laughs> it's actually, I know one other person who's got it. 
Mark Drakeford, actually, J uh, Jeremy Corbyn's sort of quite good, good in that respect, but he's a bit retiring. Like, you know. But Mick Lynch, he doesn't, he's not a shrinking violet. Then he's, he's secret, he tells the truth. He tells the, the actual empirical, observable, verifiable truth. And the game that they play of gotcha, you know, you try and you try and embarrass somebody because the spectacle is amusing to the public and that gets you ratings, which means you can then sell advertising revenue. That's the business model. Mick Lynch doesn't play the game. He says, I know what you're trying to do, you're trying to da 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 and uh, I'm here to talk about my union, my members and da, da, and and the fact that their wages have, have been um devalued through inflation and the lack of proper proper wage increases over the, the last decade and that they're worse off and they don't like it and we're going to do something about it in other words withdraw our labour until you sort it out now I think that I think that, that suddenly past truth was shown to be the the absolute nugatory nothingness that it is the absolutely kind of vapid End, end of any any kind of hope as well you know that it is he just he just showed it he just showed the absurdity of the mainstream media game the patheticness and the, the irrationality of it by pursuing on behalf of his members who elected him their rational self-interest as working people and pursuing it through solidarity in other words through acting as a collectivity as a youth a union and not as these isolated individuals which according to Mrs Thatcher are the only entities which exist in society there is no such thing as society only individuals so there's certainly not any trade unions either where we behave as a class or we behave as an occupation we behave as railway workers or we behave as nurses or doctors I mean incidentally there's strike ballots going on all across the British economy doctors, nurses, teachers Postmen, dustbinmen, all kinds of workers, and of course, all the kind of precariat are unionising. And this is the way forward. This is the way forward. But also, you know, blasting post truth out the water like Mick Lynch did. You know, and, and, and it's funny, you know, Mick Lynch, he, 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 he sort of went through all of them. Andrew, even met Andrew Neil, look stupid. <laughs> You know, and he's, he's a bit of a rock violet. I don't think he's particularly intelligent, Neil. People reckon he's some sort of super brain. He's not. He's just got a few tricks. He's just got the ability to shout people down. He's got a few tricks and he's thick-skinned. Yeah. Well, except he ain't that thick-skinned, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you got, no. You know, in my... Yeah, you might be wondering, well, where's Mick Lynch now? You know, he's yeah. not, he was he was all well, he was on every single programme, so where's he gone? They've deplatformed him because yeah. what has he brought out into the open? Yeah. The, the way for... They had a little tussle with him and they didn't like the outcome. No. Not letting him out again. Well, he had this—he had this amazing uh, weapon, which is like a revelation to him. He told the truth in a plain, straightforward fashion, like, and was—oh my God, we can't have any more of that—and was not distracted into playing their stupid gotcha game. So, post-truth, Mick Lynch, <laughs> you know. And I think it exposes it. I think there's just an enormous exposure of that kind of whole post-truth thing. Because Johnson has basically been sacked because he cannot utter the truth. He lies. 
Mind you, I'm saying that. So, 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 do, so do the rest of his, his crew. They're all their culture is post-truth. Their culture is the collapse of rational discourse. It's just like whatever they feel like. You, you know, there is no truth. You know, as far as they're concerned. So they they say what they like to suit the occasion to pursue power uh, and power for a particular class of people, the oligarchs, the one percent who've been increasing their wealth whilst everybody else has now has been. Uh, s slowly exploited, their wealth slowly decreasing until it's now reached the point where there is real desperation, immiseration, poverty, and it's dangerous. So they will they will attempt regime change. So if but, this uh, happens, if they if they they achieve the same, they've mm. regime change. Mm. Now in the past, this would calm things down. Yeah. But what's going to happen now is uh, the the people go, oh oh good, you know maybe Labour's going to do something. Right, um, Labour will. If Labour gets in, they will do something. Yeah, they will. They, they'll do they'll something. But the kind of things they're going to have to do to really make a difference are the kind of things that the right-wing media are not going to like at all. No. Because they're going to have to start taxing the rich, mm. and this all mm. this price price gouging where yeah. the energy companies are making like billions of pounds every day yeah. uh, basically ro robbing robbing the poor to yeah. give to Pretend. the rich that, that stuff has to pretending stop pretending there's a shortage yeah yeah <laughs> so they they're really not going to like that and uh, and I, I'm not sure whether kind of Starmer and the uh, the new sort of right wing Labour Party are really going to do something yeah. like that anyway. Yeah. So at the end of the day, there'll be this throw. honeymoon period where people think, oh, good, maybe there's going to be a change. But if there isn't, mm. it's like they're not like, oh, something happened in the past. Now we can forget about it. Their yeah. real lived moments and moments yeah. experience is still going to be shit. They're still not going to be able to pay their bills. They're not yeah. going to be able to buy the yeah. food they need yeah. or, or live yeah. the life that they yeah. want to live. Yeah. So they're going to say, oh, well, hey up. Then, come on, yeah. you know, we need a bit more than that, and it won't yeah. be long yeah. before the strikes begin again yeah. if nothing really substantial yeah. is done. I mean, I think you're right, you know, I think the, cr the crisis is so profound that it'll be hard to push back this time. But I mean, but the method of, of doing, you know, of, of, of ch changing the government every 10 or 12 years, uh, you know, th through the select selectoriate, select through the selectoriate, in other words, the mainstream media. But the, the, this, this time, it's gone, it's gone too far, and they can throw some crumbs from the table, even though they don't, nobody quite knows how to do that, even. But they'll throw some crumbs from the table, and they'll take some measures. And, and just the fact, the very fact of the change and the excitement of it, and then, then an election, and did it, it's going to take the wind out the sails of the resistance to the system itself. Starmer will not change the system, no. fundamentally. No. no Labour government ever has, apart from maybe Clem Attlee's, that, that changed it a bit. You know? Not, not in any sort of profound way, in the root and branch way, that is now required as a matter of survival. He won't, he won't do it. But it might be, this, you know, it will create it will create a breathing space for for the oligarchs to regroup. But I think I, th I probably my guess is that it'll pan out how you said that it'll be there'll be a honeymoon period and then then it'll it'll kick off again. You know because it, because the problems are insoluble by the normal means they're insoluble within the system. Yeah. 
this system has to change root and branch for there to be any solution to any of these these mega problems that the human race has got, you know, which is as its local manifestation here in the United Kingdom. One good but thing, I think, though. but I think they're still going to do it because they don't know what else to do. They don't have a lot of stuff in their armory. Uh-huh. It's a bit like the Bank of England. What's the Bank of England got? Interest rates. That's it. Basically, you know, money supply, interest rates, you know, and think, oh, I've got to try and control something as complex as the economy with that and of course it it stopped working ages ago you know they get a little bit you, you, you know it's 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 like medieval medicine you know where there were some herbs that had a bit of an effect and this that and the other but there were a lot of diseases that you could moderate a little bit but then it would still kill the patient you know because there was no definitive cure it's it's now we're now in that state but the doctor would still try the leeches and the bleed and the purge. And in fact, you know, the measures that will be tried will be of that character. They'll be they'll be superstitious measures, non-scientific measures. They won't, you know, um, non non-rational measures. Because remember, none of these people know how to employ basic reason. They're all past truth. All of them. They all lie. All of them. Go and listen. I mean, we, we said we we didn't want to talk about the the candidates, but just just go and listen to any of them. Oh, it's not like they are trash that they're talking. Yeah, well, it's not like they, they lie ex- exactly. They oh, just they are. Well, they are lying. <laughs> are. Well, what they're saying, what they're saying isn't true. But they have no concept of truth. That's the sense in which I say they're not lying because they don't have any concept of truth. Even though what they say is completely untrue and nasty, but it's, to them, you know, their job is their job is to utter propaganda in order to win, regardless of the truth, falsehood or um, indeterminability of, of, of any any of the statements that they make or any or any of the sort of proposals that they make <clears throat> so I suppose that brings me to the last point which is say is fragmentation you know and we have to keep saying well you know fr- fragment fr- fragmentation is happening everywhere I was listening to Yanis Varoufakis going about the European Union. He says it's it's fragmenting. It's fragmenting just on the basis of a, a, a very detailed economic analysis <coughs> about the position of the German economy vis-à-vis the other economies in Europe and all the rest of it. And he's right. It's it's fra- it's fragmenting. It's uh, the nations are pulling in in different directions, and, and, and they almost have no choice but to do that. The US is fragmenting, and I always said said that it would. Um, you know, as there is a, re- a retreat into states' rights and so forth. I mean, this is only little signs, but certainly this the Tory party is just frag- is just fragmented in front of our eyes. Yeah. You know, because Johnson Johnson was able to hold it together by telling. By telling his, uh, his one nation Tories that he's a one nation Tory, and by telling his free marketeers that he's a free marketeer, and basically tailoring what he says for, for the audience and hoping they won't notice, but of course, eventually they did. Because his lying got him into all kinds of fucking trouble, you know. So, Tory party fragmenting, Labour party fragmented ages ago, <laughs> you know. But the union movement, the workers' movement, seems to be the one thing that's that's moving in a direction of consolidation, and therein uh, is is some hope. 
Now, I thought this thing gave me some purchase on, on the, the notion of fragmentation, because it sounds when I say that there are fragmentary forces abroad in the world, that these are somehow like operating in the, in, 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 in the collective unconscious or in the zeitgeist or in the, in the machinations of fate, in, in, in the wheels behind the scenes, in God's controlling... In God's control room and God's control panel, you know, and that's not what I want to get at at all. This, this is something that arises directly out of the things that people are doing in the world, the things that governments are deciding, programs are put in, wars which are being fought, products that are being manufactured, inventions that are being made. But all this fragmentation is is it's grounded, you might say, in in, in that inner. And I thought that again, there was like there was there were very good examples there, you know. I mean, I do take the the the, the idea that that um, ideas, thoughts are, are material forces, you know. And but past truth has become a material force, you know. And it is a kind of a, it's a warped, twisted ideology, you know. And. There is a sense in which they expose it, or well, they expose having no conscience is a very similar, you know, no intellectual conscience is a very similar kind of manoeuvre. So you end up with like really, really bad policies, but they do need to be rooted, rooted very deeply in the actual detail of the problem. The solutions to the problem need to investigate the problem as it is, actually, factually, the statistics. With, with what people say about it, with what people's lived experiences. It's a very broad um, take on a particular problem. Say, say, you know, child poverty. It's multi-dimensional multi and rational in as much as you investigate it before you figure out what to do. Where instead of just imagining a solution, because it it fits with your power politics, you know, with your with your with your political power play. You know, so the Tories will say anything, regardless of its truth, because they have no concept of truth that they think will be. In uh, that they think will help their project of maintaining the status quo and enhancing the status quo, which is particularly that 1% or 0.1% have got all the wealth and, and they've been trickling the wealth up to them for decades but it's come to a crunch point now. Well, something I'd just like to kind of tag on the end here is that although if we have a regime change it, it's unlikely to bring fundamental change which is much needed but one thing that might change and could have very positive reverberations into our future is that I'm hearing that the Liberal Democrats are going to insist on proportional representation to align themselves with Labour. Yeah. Now, if this comes to pass, it's going to mean that the Tories are never going to be able to have, say, under 30% of the popular vote and 100% of the power where they can do absolutely anything they want in the future. Yeah. In fact, I don't think if we had PR, we would have a Tory government again. 
and th and things could they, yeah. there could be a light at the end of the tunnel yeah. Yeah. of there being quite significant changes or a possibility or a doorway for some changes I mean it, yeah. it may not but yeah. it's certainly our, our voting system at the moment is absolutely appalling yeah I mean it's not a democracy no. and I, I would favor I would favor better democracy more democratic democracy I mean, but uh, PR will, will help, but it's not a panacea, you know. It's not a panacea. But it would certainly help. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully keep the Tories out. We don't want to be in this situation again where we have basically a Tory dictatorship. Uh, that, would be, that would be nice. Anyway, we are just almost at the end of our walk now. We're nearly into the town. So... I hope everyone found that interesting. I hope you're having a nice day wherever you are and you've got a little bit of sunshine. <laughs> but, you know, make sure you're wearing a big hat. Yeah. <laughs> and you... some, some sunscreen or long sleeves or something because yeah. it's, it's, it's super scorchy hot. You could fry an egg here, couldn't you? On, yeah. On, 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 a, on the beach. Hello. How you do? All right. So, thank you for coming on this walk with us, and we'll speak to you again soon. Make knowledge great again.